Hey, I'm Dina. I'm Nikki. And we're your hosts for CBD Magcast. CBD Magcast is devoted to the legalization of cannabis and its impact in your community. Cannabis Concierge, the expert and discreet service of cannabis procurement for the individual or retailer. These buds are for you. CBD Magcast Culture brings you Bud Tender's Corner. What's the word on the street? I don't know. Hopefully we'll find out. Hey, Nikki. Hi, Dina. How's it going? Great. How you doing today? I'm fantastic. We're here today with Nick, and we're doing our Culture Sessions Bud Tender Corner segment. What? I got what it out. I know. <laughs> we're really proud of ourselves after all it takes for us to get here to get that out Good without stuff. messing yeah. Good up. Good memory. Excellent. Exactly. <laughs> Welcome, Nick. Why don't you do us a favor? Tell us a little bit about yourself, your history, what you do, why you do it, and just let us know who you are. You got it. Thank you for having me, first of all. Been doing cannabis for about six to seven years. Started in the medical industry by volunteering and helping out at a buddy who was starting his own medical shop. Right around that time, my dad needed definitely an alternative to the prescription aspect that he was taking for all these painkillers and things like that. Entries and online and all this different stuff. For whatever reason, I was getting floodgates of information at the time and curiosity and everything as far as cannabis was concerned. And a lot of stuff started to line up because I was getting the most healthy time in my life, but was consuming the most cannabis that I ever had. I'm starting to make the correlations that it could be more beneficial and to start seeing the stories of peoples and kids and CBD and cool. So that's kind of how I got started into the working at a medical shop for a couple years. Then about after two and a half years or so, started working at an I-502 store and worked as bud tender at the beginning, did manager type of different aspects towards the end for the last couple of years, but kind of wore every hat for the most part in the cannabis industry. So it gave me a lot of perspective, which was really nice to self-educate myself um, from patients and customers, see what people liked, what worked, why people were there, various. What got you into the cannabis industry or did you ever see yourself going into the cannabis industry kind of as you were growing up or? If you were gonna ask me in high school, I probably would have said no, probably maybe because the possibility wasn't, wasn't there, but if I knew the possibility was there, I would say yes. Because me and my buddies, well, me and a, like a buddy in particular, were already trying certain things. He wasn't as cunning as I wish he would have been at the time. It might have helped us out. Sure. But even the small little things that we tried, we're like, okay, mom, or buddy, don't try this until I get back. Your mom's going to see this. She's going to have questions. We got to game plan this out. Five hours later, I get a phone call. Dude, my mom already saw, like, why'd you do that? Why'd you plug that in? Like, what, you know, so. Rats. Those are already little things that we tried, had the passion for, even at a young age. But again, once you start seeing the correlation of where it can be beneficial and help people, and that was so crucial to me because it came at a time where my dad was really a different version of himself that I'd never seen before because of all the painkillers that he was taking. And I had got, already thought in my own head, like, she tried this and had been recommending it to him. And it, once I started hearing what he was taking, it was that kind of, okay, I don't care anymore. I'm going to bring come up here. I'm going to bring a, a bag of joints. I had some tincture at the time that we, was newer to me. The tincture was what really, really he liked and could use right away and helped him sleep to see that it could be beneficial without him getting super, super high. It just helped him sleep at night. And then just a hit or two of the joint was the biggest thing for him was 
smoking in moderation, and it's one thing we found has been big for a lot of people is if you start that way, a lot of times you won't have this crazy tolerance because you're always using it medicinally and you only need a puff or two. Well, if you only do a puff or two every time, a lot of times that'll be okay for you. Then when you need to take a little extra, maybe you need three or four hits, okay, well, you can do a little extra in those times that you need it, but it keeps your tolerance lower than those people that just smoke, 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 smoke. And there's something to be said for that. We were talking a little bit earlier off mic about the idea of dosing and how even in food we don't keep ourselves in balance. So it is something for us to learn that we overconsume and we don't give ourselves a chance to get high or we don't give ourselves a chance for that one or two puffs to impact us so we can feel it. And if we just did that, I think we would realize it's a lot less expensive and it's a lot more fun. And you do get to stay, I think in those aspects, everybody says, oh, I wish I had that high, like I used to. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Totally. How did you see your role as a bud tender change from like the medical store environment to the retail store environment? I would say it changed a lot on the more, obviously the fast pace aspect of the retail environment. Sure. We saw so many more customers via uh, where we were in our medical shop before. We were already kind of tucked away. And so it was a much more personal conversation. A lot of times it was one-on-one. Maybe there was two people in the room, but a lot of time it was just you and that other person and you would build a relationship with them over time where the recreational store, you could have lots of in and out. Sometimes you'd have return customers, but it was much more educational on a consistent basis on the medical side, where on the recreational, it was much more hit and miss on that. Even the people who were interested in that type of information sometimes were even less apprehensive or apt to get that out of you. And the situation that how it's regulated and set up for I-502, sometimes it makes it hard for people to pull that out or even ask those questions. I'd say that's where I'm very thankful to have that medical background, to be able to know, to maybe ask those quick barrier questions to see if somebody is interested in that and to be like, okay, well, I feel like this person is just apprehensive and really does need help with this. I'm gonna take my time to give them their information because this could change their life. And that's the biggest thing for me that's so gratifying that gets addictive to helping people. Someone tells you, oh, I got finally got a good night's sleep, or you helped me with this, or whatever. You can't beat that. And so that's, in the medical days, I couldn't beat that job. It was constantly that. Totally. You still have the person who would have their license just to come in and get high. That happened, too. Sure, and there's nothing wrong with that because that also is an opportunity to feel better in life, right? I'd rather have a person who I don't know walking down the street in a better mood and in a better place (laughs) than they were five minutes ago. So I got no problem with that whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, different environment though, you're yeah. right. I imagine that blend now of more people being in and out and the people who might not typically have been in and out in a medical dispensary feeling like they have to be more in and out, right? right? You right. know, that is definitely something that as a bud tender and former co-worker of Nick's, I, don't, I think this might be the first time that I'm really considering how much a medical patient might feel rushed by the environment that's set up there's really not very much you can control in that aspect other than reading that person and I can tell you need help you know and and a lot of people mask that better than others so I think that's a really good point there's probably a lot probably potentially less people getting the kind of help they need because of the environment that they're set up in yep and a lot of that just happens from business commerce like we've talked about why I mean, 46.5% taxes, what are you Mm going to do? you got to have people coming through your door. I can't take an hour with each person, but I need to take an hour with the people I need to take an hour with. But 
how do you delegate that and set that up and have to have those skills in my opinion to or at least have the people on the floor in those situations so that if somebody really needs help you get that vibe you realize that you want to take the time to help that person because that person could in turn bring you it could help in both ways it could help that person that could bring you a hundred extra customers by that person talking to a person because you're going to get that return customer from someone who you affect their life of totally obviously so uh-huh. by doing the right thing weird it's going to end up helping your business and growing as positive thing for the <laughs> culture and- i think that's one of the things that's amazing about this everybody we've spoken with so far honestly even if they're in it for a business, still has the desire for the medical aspect to be the predominant, not the retail per se, but the medical side for the love of why we started this or what we're in it for. Definitely. Yeah. And that's a big thing that a lot of times I think a lot of people would agree upon that are in the industry for the right reasons, which is most of us still, is um, if you were to switch back tomorrow what just medical and whatnot, we'd say, okay, because all we still care about is taking care of people and helping people because that's the whole reason we're in this industry and we're passionate about it and we believe in it. And we're also saying, yeah, and we can open the jar again. And we can smell it again. And we can touch it again. I can do my job in three minutes rather than me taking 24 to 48 hours to get back to you and take this home and to try it out and let you know. Exactly, yeah. Definitely the importance of of the bud tender. And, I mean, as, as a consumer... It is my opinion that I would rather go through the hoop of getting a medical card or something like that rather than pay a 46.5% tax as far as what it would take for me to have legal marijuana or legal cannabis. Right. Nick, will you describe your typical cannabis shopping style if you're going to a store? Yeah, I don't go shop around as much as I would like to, but when I do go into shops, I definitely always my game plan is to ask the bud tender what their favorite is as far as what I'm looking for, whether it's a joint, whether it's a... I'll usually ask them what their favorite grower is in the shop anyways, just to get an idea of what they're liking, or is there something, a company that I haven't heard of, seen... So that's usually something that I do almost every time, mm-hmm. unless I'm looking for a specific product. You know, I'm getting some CBD mints for a friend or something like that, or somebody to try. That's the really cool thing about being in shops is you can, if someone's mentioning something, like you can be like, bro, we well, can go right in here, try this out. I'm pretty sure this will help you or try this later. It, rather than it, them taking three months to finally get recommended, recommended and do it themselves, sometimes it helps a little bit to to give them that push or to be like, no, it's that easy. And to see how easy it is for you to walk in the shop and get something like that. Totally. Honestly, that's, I mean, if they had it set up that way, I would like, I would love to be able to consult to truly consult. You know, if they had it set up that way to maybe be not so, and I agree it's baby steps, it's very stringent at the beginning and whatnot, but to be able to really be somebody where people come in, you can really give them information and have that at every shop so that there isn't these misses and these misnomers and the people who are overdosing or underdoing it or grabbing the wrong products or missing on somebody who could have totally been helped just because you couldn't say something or couldn't frame something the right way well you can speak a different way in my experience you know Uh how you frame things and how you say things can change a lot of things to where you can still get information across and people have to be educated and helped I was benefited I learned from patients for years so I was thankful enough and put in a position where I was lucky enough to have that experience and that perspective where a lot of people didn't and so 
that's where I think it would help out so much to have more time because we're so rushed in this industry to just have more time to set those, set that up to let people know that, hey, that person who's coming in, you might be there, you might not know it, but you might be there. You're their therapist, you're their best friend, you're the only person they know in town, like you might not know it, but in the cannabis industry, you are. And we realized that pretty soon in the medical days a lot of times because it happened so, you know, you didn't have that rush, rush, rush. You got to really, really know each person. And you found that it's very often and very, very, very common. Totally. And so in the recreational side, since everything's fast paced, you tend to miss that sometimes. And sometimes I have to grab people and let them know. It's like, hey man, just so you know, that person like, they, they used to struggle a lot before they came here. Like they're doing way, I know he's tough, but he just needs to be recognized or acknowledged or, you know, yeah. ask him how he's doing every day. It'll, it'll make his world. That's the type of things that you can't learn through a book. You got to learn through experiences. Yeah, yeah. You build that trust right. so much faster. And so that was the thing that you learned uh, was, you know, if you could recommend something, because that's always what it was anyways, was a recommendation. And you let them know, well, I don't know. I feel like this will help you, but let me know. Give us feedback. We're going to try and streamline the process to get you feeling better faster, find the right product. And so when that person would come back and give you the feedback and it was good, it was always just like, awesome. We also have this or... I forgot to mention the cream that could help you or whatnot. So it started building trust right away. Totally. And that person, obviously, you made that person feel better. They instantly, whether they were a 67-year-old and looking at me like some young kid who didn't know anything or were talking BS, instantly trusted me because it made them feel better. Mm -hmm. And so that's a huge difference, how fast that that can change something versus somebody taking three months or six months to try something or you recommending the wrong thing or going about it the wrong way so that you're pushing away from trying something that could really help them so much faster and naturally with so much less difficulty on the body right. yeah yeah mm -hmm. what do you where do you see the cannabis industry turning in these next few years i definitely eventually see full legalization just because of the transparency obviously the revenue that's there i think we've seen that in most states that go medical even some of the eye-opener ones that you see or in my opinion it's a two-year plan to go recreational because that's where the money is um i mean look how fast vegas was obviously once they got on board um, and maybe that's what we need sadly to get it through a little bit faster my issue and what I would like is to be a part of helping it go the right way so that a lot of these states sometimes don't miss the small little things like how they regulate their edibles on there you know the little things that we by our mistakes or the misdemeanor felony on the bud tender for an ID pass and that you know that you could have a felony on your own person when you went to work when you went to work. And you didn't, and you're not working for the FBI, you're not working for the CIA, you didn't sign something, that you shouldn't have to put yourself into that. And the other stuff were the requirements, I know it's all costs and whatnot, but the requirements to, to be put there by the state to have those things done beforehand. You're required to have ID training. You're required to have these safety precautions. Those are the types of things that we were told, you're gonna have medical coverage, you're gonna have, that's the type of stuff that's very frustrating for people like myself that have seen the way that it's turned and have all those misses, all these promises that, oh, you'll have this, you'll have this, you'll have this. And the biggest one I would say was, of course, everybody's for education all the time. My mom's in education, my sister-in-law's in education, a lot of my family members are. They are still losing money constantly on education. Where is this money going? 
I know that we're making all this money and transparency and blah, blah, blah. General fund, general fund, general fund, as far as I'm, I'm reading and hearing, and I could be wrong on But that. once it goes in there, it's no longer a, exactly. you can't track it after exactly. that. That's why they put it in there, 100%. specifically. So yep. it's very, very frustrating. I know everyone supposedly agrees on, on education, every politician. It's yep. written in the bill, and we're getting, as a state, not been getting the money that's yes. for us to the federal or to the education, so it's and it's very in in our state's constitution. That. The number one thing we have to do is fund education to the fullest and have all of its capacity. It's number one. Right. And like you said, we're being sued and we still can't get it right. The lottery was what it was supposed to be. That's why we got Powerball. That's why we got Mega. That's why right. all these came in. Yeah. Same thing. Like you mentioned earlier, I think bring a lot of states into bubbles and create yeah. a state's economy. You know, like we don't need federal legalization right, right away. In in my opinion, for the most part, I'd I'd like it, but I'd like it in a way that benefits each state individually. Right. I'm also frankly. worried about it when right. it happens too. And yeah. maybe ten years from now we don't have to because everybody got a good state stronghold. But if we don't yet have a good state stronghold and we only get half on board and then we go federally legal, yeah. it's a m- immediately world trade. And then we've got all kinds of issues with the things we already have issues with agriculturally speaking. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the biggest worry and concern. Yes, worry. Cannabis yeah. is don't don't Monsanto us, don't come in and touch us. Yeah. I mean, even still, if if they make all these awesome fruits in California, if they make them here and they taste just as good, I want it from here. Right. Why would I? We can we can definitely dream and keep putting our, yeah. our energies out there and hope it all all comes together in in the best way because cannabis really has the potential to to do so much good Hard in this so. world. So, mm-hmm. yeah. well, look, almost everybody now, as you were talking earlier, how people have opened up more now about it. Now, when I go to a family reunion or a barbecue or I haven't seen people in a while. It's not all my friends that want to talk to me about it. It's all my friends' parents who want to talk to me about it. That's what I've been doing for years is helping those types of people anyway. So it's an easy conversation to me, but they want to pull you off to the side and talk to you quietly at first, you know, whatnot. And you start to realize that you just let them know that so many people are in the same position that you're in. It's not you. Like, there's nothing wrong with you. It's a lot of people are in the same position. There's a natural option that maybe you can try that can work for you that helps a lot of people. But I recommend you know this or that, and it's changed so many different people's perspective and quality of life just by a cream or a CBD capsule. I mean, it doesn't have to be anything that even gets in line. Right. Yeah. My best friend is not a cannabis user, and she really only smokes when I come home, and that's sometimes like she smoked with me twice I think right. I mean maybe four times in as long as we've been friends and she's my best friend like right. the t- cannabis has nothing to do with it I hope I have never pressured her too hard to buy in cannabis with me because I want everybody to be enjoying themselves however that that may be yep, you know, exactly. happiness comes in so many different forms yes that's what we're promoters of so right. Nick you've told us so many amazing stories but do you have a personal cannabis story that you'd like to share with us? One of your favorites? Um, I got a you good one. You should see him. His brain was going like, <laughs> I have, on the mic. I, love I have that. so many. I know. Um, a good one, I guess, that I'll use is actually kind of funny to me. It's just classic. A lot of people, I grew up in the age, I'm 35 now, so I've been using cannabis more than half my life. And I grew up in the age where you had to sneak around or you had to go find something. Couldn't have a pipe or anything like that. It would smell. 
So he's had to make your own bong or piece, or, and so apple pipe was a crucial thing, of course. <laughs> Especially in Washington. Especially in Washington. So my dad, uh, now that uses cannabis uh, medicinally, when we go on a family vacation once a year now, we went to Ocean Shores, I want to say, and we were already in town or whatnot, and he's like, oh, I forgot my pipe. And like, what am I going to do? And instantly I was just like, no problem. You know, like in my head, I'm like, no problem. <laughs> yeah. like, do you see store? an apple or a yeah, can yeah, anywhere? Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> it's like, is there a grocery store? He looked at me like, what are you talking about? I was like, apple, dude. He's like, what? So I was like, oh, perfect. Like, I got to teach my dad how to make an apple pipe. Got to show him how to do it. You know, the guy who showed you how to change oil, how to build a chair, how to put on a roof, all these different things. And uh, I'm showing him how to make an apple pipe, how beneficial it is, how you can take bites out of it, throw it away when you're done. And just let them know. Of course, that's gonna spark a story while we're smoking of all the times I snuck around and made an apple pipe. For like, that's why you're a short apple that night, pops. Was it because I was eating it? Uh, so I think that's a cool story because it also shows the generation where we're at too, where a lot of us right now are in a position where we're actually educating and helping our parents with this cannabis side because it's just where we're at. It's where it's led us. The the and it's funny because a lot of them in the 70s or whatnot help us get to where we are now. Uh, so like we used to have 60 or 70 year olds, hippies for lack of a better term, come in super stoked on the shop and almost like teary eyed. I'd always like try and thank them to be like, no, it's because of your generation while we're even here. Who knows what it would have been if you guys didn't push the envelope and do those things. So I mean, it's pretty cool to see it full circle. Kids and grandparents convincing the parents yep. that weed is cool. Yep. <laughs> Right, and it's so brave to do it too. I just think it's so brave. Yeah. I love it. And once you it's do like, it and you get used to it, it starts yeah. getting easier. I, and you know, it's just because you get that big smile on your face and life's just a happy, joyous occasion. Yep. Ain't that the truth? I love it. With cannabis. Ain't nothing wrong with a better happy place. Mm-hmm. That's right. Well, thank you so much for being on our segment with us on Budtender Corner. It was really nice to have you, Nick. Awesome. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Thanks, Nick. And the donuts. Delicious! We'll be posting that recipe, folks. Alright, take care. CBD Magcast and Cannabis Concierge are a division of Confidential Monkey Enterprises. Visit us at www.cannabisbeyonddope.com.